0: Please listen carefully. Yeah, it's a DJ guy. What a fucking dick. How do you know he's a DJ? He's either DJing or barbecuing. It's hard to tell because he faces faces away. (laughs) Welcome everyone and their sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha, and I'm
1: Stephanie.
0: And our theme this week is intersectional feminism.
1: Woo woo. yeah, getting real woo. serious.
0: <laughs> no, get a big whoop whoop to feminism, guys. <laughs> um, the way I think we're gonna approach this is we'll all sort of talk about how we approached our concept of what intersectional feminism meant and what that meant in media and what our sort of viewpoint was for how we made our choices, mm-hmm. and then from there we'll roll into our choices and talk about. Why the other one is wrong or
1: not I don't know
0: it gives a fuck. mine are all right yeah. in my mind <laughs> oh I mean, that's a
1: lie I mean like I think all of mine are pretty good but I'm probably yeah. gonna mention any issues I might have had with them yeah because at the end
0: of the day even the best thing is still terrible in some ways never forget all your faves are problematic
1: yes that's true what are you looking at mean? <laughs> so you can try <laughs> my, my
2: picks are great <laughs> <So> because <much. laughs> we already
0: know that Steph is the fan favorite but we also know that she's very <laughs> problematic <laughs> just like all the fans <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so, Steph, offended. what does uh, intersectional feminism mean to you? In
0: the context of
2: what oh, we're doing what here.
1: I so I looked it up on Google just to make sure I thought what I thought it was
2: was correct. And was it? As any it was what I thought this <laughs> would do. Basically, in my mind, it was anything that includes other people that are not white females, period. And I was like, yeah, that's what I thought it was. And then I based my picks around things that had a wide variety of characters, races, religions, people, boys, girls, whatever. Mm-hmm. All my picks do that except the last one.
1: But I'll get into that one in a Spoilers. second. Spoilers. Spoiler... So for me, I was very adamant on five points of intersectional feminism, as you guys well know. Uh, so my first one is the gender roles are non-conforming. Uh, there has to be inclusion of marginalized people and their issues into this type of feminism. So it can't just be plain white feminism. I also mentioned the Bechdel test, where women can talk about or not fight about a man. So, there's that one. And then women of color in leading roles rather than the background. So, I don't want no maids. Oh, shit. I want want the main character.
0: Dudes, we're going to have that conversation, too. Let me tell you. Oh, yeah.
1: And then my last one was the female leads aren't a specific binary type of female so if they're feminine they're not fully feminine and girly and ha 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 I'm such a girl or they aren't when they're masculine they're not like fully masculine or tomboys or fit to a male gaze type of idea of what a woman that is more masculine should be so it kind of ties in with the gender roles but more in like their demeanor does that make sense
0: excellent work excellent work. thank you golf clap so does that mean for you that all of your picks are gonna hit upon those five topics or those those five um, points? I don't know what you want to call them. Those I, five
1: thingies? I think that... For the most part, they will. And if there's any problems that I think of, I will mention them. So for mine, um, I went
0: with kind of very similar stuff. I didn't look it up, but I know I wanted to go with something that was specifically beyond white feminism. Um, But what I took for this too was not just examples that I thought were good examples of intersectional feminism, particularly one that I thought was a really bad example of one. And I really want to talk about it because it's 2017 and I think it's a little egregious if your, you know, book or movie or television show is such a terrible example of strong characters that your one sort of piece of diversity is just white females and you think that it's good and it's diverse because of that and it's like that's a terrible story to tell Mm -hmm. so it was looking at it very specifically but more than that what didn't just talk about one thing so it's not just that it was about Mm -hmm. you know a woman of color talking about being a woman of color but what additional pieces were in it
1: I think it's also important to note that the story doesn't necessarily have to be about this person's situation it could just just be that they
0: are they are that way and yes. it's not inherently at the, I'm gonna get to those points too I'm, I'm gonna are
2: same wavelength yeah 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 goes into my book perfectly yeah. okay guys fun. let's talk about books Steph what's your pick let me get my notes out I could have done the regular route of like feminist memoir but I didn't do that honorable mention to shrill by <laughs> Lindy West which is the last good book I read I wanna read Hunger I still have <laughs>
1: oh yeah I haven't, I haven't read anything Roxanne so
2: I, I know I know I know I'm waiting for the audiobook. I booked a romance series, and then I specifically picked a book from the romance series, and you guys are gonna love what kind of romance series it Finally. is. Finally. I'm so what?
1: excited. Finally you chose a book. <laughs> <I know. laughs>
2: the whole series, but I specifically picked this one book. So it's about shifters, your favorite topic ever. I already know where we're going and I'm gonna read it. (laughs) Yeah, so it's about, so the title is Beasts Behaving Badly by Shelley Laurenston. Have either of you read it? No. Okay, I think you would both love them. So it's about shifters in New York and how basically the plot of this one book, it's a whole long series about a billion different characters, different species getting together, which is a thing that not many other romance books talk about. But anyways, a wolf dog named Blaine Thorpe. She's a wolf dog, so she's a mix of a wolf and a wild dog. And is she ever a person? She's a person. Okay, so that's a person.
1: So she's a mix of a person (laughs) too. She's a shifter.
2: She's a wolf dog. Someone is kidnapping shifters and putting them into fights against each other in the human world. So humans are abducting these shifters and then they're fighting. And then obviously someone tries to steal her. Humans are the fucking worst. And her male love interest is a named Bo. Bo Novakoff. Oh. And he's a hockey player, like (laughs) leopard lion shifter. After. Mister- bear and line shifter. So it's like crazy bananas characters. But anyway, so that's what it is. And she is half black, half white. And like the thing, I picked this because I personally haven't read any romance books where a character is not white. Like I, there, I've i not read many because there's not many out uh. there. And like even the cover, you can't really tell that she's not. That's true. Which is annoying. Yeah. Then so like you were saying how she's not feminine. So her job is a plumber. She's a plumber with her best friend who has long, luscious nails while she <laughs> does plumbing and like that's a thing they know about her. So (laughs) they have a great friendship. All the the female characters are written so well and it's a hilarious book. I just don't know how to... I'm just like, go read it immediately. But they can all kick your ass. They're all funny. And like, they're self-aware of all the problems that go on in the world like she's a female plumber like no one takes that seriously and like they bring it up but not in a way that's in your face it's more like you can see what i'm talking about but that's not the main focus so all around a good time hilarious (laughs) i don't think i've laughed as much reading a book series as i have as this so all the plans i guess you'd call them family are interconnected in this long series there's like 12 books you guys are gonna love it you should go read it immediately what was it called again so the series is called pride series but the main book's called beasts behaving badly I would give it nine wolf dogs out of ten shifters. Amazing. That is crazy. That's super
0: high. I love it. Oh, and they
2: also, later on, they have Honey honey Badgers is a main character. Oh my god, amazing. crazy shit, and, like, they're all, so technically in the shifter world, you're not supposed to, like, marry other species.
1: Well, clearly something went wrong because there's wolf dogs (laughs) So there. So
2: basically, there's, like, some people are like, no, pure bloodlines, guys, pure bloodlines, but then they don't give a fuck. Oh, and they're like hicks in it they're from like tech- Tennessee they'll have accents it's so great you guys will love it <laughs> do you think that the
0: to bring the tone of this podcast yeah do you think yeah. that the way that it does the like obviously clear racism line of it of like you can only marry other people who are your type of animal which are clearly same thing the inside. bad
2: guys like yeah. they're always the bad guys and then they're like be more open blah 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 and like so oh, it's done well would yeah you say? like not overtly that you'd be like oh this is what they're talking about racism but like- it's good I don't believe anything she says is wrong. How about that? <laughs> that's that's a line. Not
1: as wrong as you would think. That's it. I'm done. Okay, so for my book, I actually went a little bit off not off the rails. <laughs> off that's, the rail. that's crazy. I would never go off the rails. But you are the most off the rails person <laughs> I've
0: ever
2: met in my life. Well, you're wrong. So you speak and time sometimes I'm like, "Whoa."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my book isn't regular book because I thought it'd be too obvious to go with some of the books that I had selected Mm -hmm. just because they were very obviously intersectional in a very open way. Um, but I think it was more (laughs) so many memoirs. (laughs) It was yeah, there's memoirs but then there's also some fiction books that Mm -hmm. are very pointed in that direction, especially because if the author is a person of color. Um I actually went with a graphic novel. <laughs> and my choice, I was torn between two, but I decided to go with saga. Oh
2: my god, I was gonna pick that one!
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a great one. I yeah, was this... gonna choose yeah. Rat Queens because I love Oh, graphic. Rat
2: Queens is the best! It's so good. I have that book waiting on my shelf I've ever read again. You
0: should really read it. <laughs> I'm Lumberjanes, too, by the way, if you yeah. haven't read that. Lumberjans it's a different tone, t- but it's also good. It
1: is, yeah. Um, I just thought go with Saga because I felt like it was more well-known, and because I kind of wanted something that kind of felt like Star Wars a bit. Uh, but essentially, mm-hmm. if you do not know what it is about, it is a long, epic, space opera, I want to say, fantasy, you, graphic novel.
0: Not to interrupt, but would you call it, like, a saga?
1: I would call it a saga, in <laughs> <Yeah>. fact. Almost... <laughs> It almost matches the name of the story. Oh my God. Oh my God. That is... Guys, did we
0: just discover like a hidden Easter egg? There's no way anyone's figured that out before. So,
1: so crazy. So crazy. But also, one of the main characters' name is Saga. She's the daughter of the main couple. Um, And essentially like the whole time you see these different species on different worlds and they're all warring and some people have sided with other sides, um, even if they're not the same species. So there's like robot people, there's people with horns and wings, um, and essentially the Main couple in like the beginning part, they are of the two exact opposite species that are fighting. So there's like the winged people and then the people with the horns, and they're both in the armies or military or whatever. And they, I think they fall, I can't remember, but it's been a while since they were. They fall in love on the battlefield, I believe, after fighting. Isn't he a prisoner? Or he's a prisoner. He's, he's, Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while, but essentially the whole story is how they put up with the prejudice on each sides, and de- it's kind of, I hate to bring in the cliche, but it is like a bit of a Romeo and Juliet situation, True. but then pulling in race into it and politics and all this other little stuff. Yeah. And it essentially becomes about their daughter and the people around them and the type of situations that they deal with. What I really love about it though is it doesn't just focus on them and you're not just like, because you know, it kind of gets boring to be like, oh she's pregnant now or she's doing this now or she has to take this job now. But it goes into details about like his ex-girlfriend or Mm. like this person that was hunting them down and is an assassin and her boyfriend. (laughs) And you're like, what? Why are we going on this tangent? But they're all kind of related in a way in that they're trying to tell this story about this world that's really fucked up. It kind of feels familiar a lot of ways it's kind of like being in an extended star wars universe but its own cool world uh it's done by brian k vaughn i believe and fiona staples i mm-hmm. don't think either of them are a person of color which, <laughs> which is often questionable i do prefer yeah when people of color write these types of things but i do my person is white i think too <laughs> but but i'm not a <laughs> percent. I think that they have a lot of people working on these graphic novels with them and I think that helps in a lot of ways because you can feel that there is a lot of experience that goes into that writing because they're very well done. Everything is really intricate. There are different storylines about people of color. You will notice that the main guy kind of looks a bit Asian and the main girl is black or a mix of something but obviously their races aren't the same as ours they've put a lot of thought into it on purpose i believe to tell that type of story but in not in like such a calculated way that you're like well they're clearly trying to be the woke Mm -hmm. graphic novel they did it because they wanted to and it's a good story to tell and it is i think it touches on like a lot of the five topics i brought up there's non-conforming gender roles like they each have to make their ends meet um female assassins which is always a fun thing uh and like nobody's too feminine nobody's like they just are the way they are people are different shapes sizes different appearances so yeah i think it touches upon all of that i can't think of like a major issue would come out of that but i, I mean it's such a huge world that there's something in that i think probably. there's i'm sure I mean, there's, Yeah, i'm absolutely sure there's something that's probably wrong with it being headed by two white people but yeah I think it definitely helps that with graphic novels, it's not just the two people whose names are on the covers that are actually writing it. There's a lot of people behind that. There's a lot of artists behind it. So I think that helps a lot as well. But yeah, you both have read them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not to, or no, I, well, I was going to say not to interrupt, but then I didn't interrupt. I waited for you to finish. So never mind. You can go ahead. What I think is interesting, and I kind of felt this way when I was trying to pick my book because I read a lot of fantasy and I read a lot of sci fi, I had like immediately a couple of options to go with. But I think it's interesting, even out of both your choices, and you've been reading mostly romance, that they're not contemporary fiction. Mm humans like in because order to hard. tell yeah it's almost like in order to tell the story there's an inherent like mm-hmm. fantastical or yeah. an alien kind of thing where you know yes it's great it's someone who is black and who is obviously not white but at the same time they don't have our concept of race
1: i think yeah. i also went with this like i did have some contemporary options or historical yeah. to contemporary options but i thought they were too obvious and i wanted to see something from something different like it's a fun way to explore yeah. It's. Because, I mean, things shouldn't just be intersectional from a person of color's perspective. They should be intersectional from every. And while I do prefer when somebody is writing from their own experience Mm -hmm. into their writing, I also want to see it from, I want to see people who have learned from other experiences. (laughs) And I think that's important, especially if that's what your job is. You should, like, these people aren't people that were like, I casually wrote this. They fucking do this for a living. They plan this out months ahead of time.
0: Well, I get super, like, I think that everybody needs to be telling the stories. It also needs to have white people not just telling stories about white people. But I respect it so much more when it's an an experience of, like, I might do something wrong, but I'm here to learn about it. And it's going to be difficult. I get really annoyed when it's difficult and someone goes, well, I tried. What do you want from me? Like, it's difficult for a fucking reason. Like, Mm -hmm. put the time and the work in and you might still get it wrong. But as long as you're not a dick about it, it's probably going to be fine.
2: Yeah. You find just, people, like, there's a lot of, like, I don't know if it's controversy, but, like, people are saying, how hey, we needed diverse books, but then they're mad that the diverse books they get are from, like, white
1: authors. Well, here's the thing. Yeah.
0: <sighs> I think that could be a larger, like, publishing issue, though.
1: That where... is a publishing issue where they are more likely to publish a person that is white than a person of color or the person of color is not as visible as the white person. So they're going with authors that are more popular to begin with as well. If you've noticed, I noticed that.
0: (laughs) Like society feeding into their own biases.
1: Yes. And I think some publishers are trying to take steps to get more authors of color, writing people of color, not necessarily to make it okay, but it's more to get the variety out there and to meet these complaints. But there's always going to be complaints.
0: But I think also part of the issue is like the core concept of thinking like we need diverse books is ever something that can fully be answered yeah. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's always going to, no, we're always going to need more because we've had so many years without them yeah. that you're going to need a long time of actively pushing them. Mm-hmm. And again, cause I, it's just, it's going to be hard. You're going to get it wrong sometimes. It's going to be difficult, but trying is better than not because like it's yeah. much harder to not have them.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, if I had to rate this, I'd rate it eight talking seals out of 10. I like that wow. reference quite Hold a bit. <laughs> I
0: like that reference. So I'll roll into my book then, Mm because I feel like you're done, thank God. Um, (laughs) Wow, bitch. Whoa. Uh, So, like I said, this was, I actually found the book one to be the most difficult because a lot of the ones I immediately wanted to go with. A, I love for so many other reasons. I kind of wanted to save for other topics because as people who know me know, I immediately wanted to jump to Everything by N.K. Jemisin uh, that's what and I talk about I Inheritance <laughs> Children* and talk about Fifth Season, which is getting a show. Thank you, the universe. Is it really? Um, Yes, it is. So there were a lot. There was a lot of, like, I kept going through and looking at, like, all of the Noah Hopkinsons that I've read and mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of going to a lot of the same ones. But there is that sort of element of it's not contemporary in these cases you know these are for the most part they're authors of color who are writing characters of color and very specifically their experiences as it relates to being women as it relates to being character colors as it relates to different like class structures but it's still that fantasy scientific element that i was when I was looking for a book was trying to get away from, and then when I was looking at all of the contemporary fiction that I've read, so much of it does not, cannot even remotely be considered anything that would appropriately be intersectional feminism. Yeah. Like it's all white women, it's dudes, or if it is, it's just never done right, so there was isn't anything that I want to talk about. So I went the route of picking a memoir, and I went with the one that I think introduced Introduced me to what intersectional feminism meant outside of just like news stories and stuff like that. So it's Redefining Realness by Janet Mock I which I think...
1: Where I thought you were gonna go. Where do you think I was gonna go? I thought you were gonna go for Bad Feminist.
0: Oh, that one's also good. Yeah. Yeah, but nope, not that one. <laughs> um, I went with this. First of all, I think that everybody knows it. It's the story of Janet Mock and her life and, and realizing she's a trans woman um, and being black and... and...
1: Don't know this novel. No, me Do either. you not know I don't this? know. Mm. Oh my god, never mind. Okay, I thought I was going in with like a...
0: Fuck, this is such I'm a... I'm like,
1: I have no idea who Janet Mock is. I have no idea. Is this legitimate or is this for... Oh, yeah, the I'm dead serious. Dude,
0: <laughs> Janet Mock is a writer. I think she's a host. To some television show, and she's like a very like strong trans activist. She, I think, her and Laverne Cox were having a little bit of like a moment there around the same time. Okay. Um, and a lot of times you would hear their names said together. They would be invited to a lot of the same issues because they talk about the same thing, being mm-hmm. trans women. And I'll give you a little a little bit of the rundown of who Janet Mock is. Yeah. Uh, she is black and Hawaiian, which is just one random thing that I remember from her bio for some reason. And she <laughs> realized, like, she knew she was trans from like a really young age she understood that she wasn't a boy even though her body was and she went years undergoing reassignment and and doing that whole thing and then I believe when she moved to America there was a certain point in her life where because she passed she was just sort of living as a woman and I remember her specifically talking about
1: what
0: do you mean moved to America uh sorry moved to possibly New York but moved to not Hawaii moved into (laughs) the mainland but basically when she moved somewhere where people hadn't known her from birth And I believe because she passed, she sort of lived as a woman and then she fell in love with this guy. And I think she specifically writes about the day that he, you know, looked at her and was like, you are the woman of my dreams. She had this sort of moment where she was like, that's. Not necessarily correct. Like, that is not the life I want to leave. So, or lead. So, she started being more vocal and being more active about specifically being a trans woman. And in 2011 or 12, she wrote an article, I think, for Marie Claire about her experience, and it like blew up. She became a personality. She became, I think, the face of the contemporary movement
1: um in terms so of I'd probably trans- recognize her if I saw her You, yeah.
0: mo- I would suspect you would I also feel like if you saw the book for redesigning, Redefining Realness you would immediately know it okay it was very popular when it came out or at least very well known and very talked about you will know her as the woman who had like a mini battle with Piers Morgan because he said some really offensive really oh, terrible shit I do yes, know her yes and she was like excuse you white man yeah. sit the fuck down yeah. and she owned him I do
1: remember I was just like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah,
0: yeah. So she's fantastic. And also she put Piers Morgan in his place. So even without her entire background, that's a great thing to have done. Mm -hmm. And I picked it because reading her book, I think was the first time. It's also one of the first bios I read that wasn't for fucking school, by the way, because Mm. I don't generally read biographies. But I think it was the first one that gave me a, a broader understanding of what intersectionality was. And Not just looking at something from the perspective of being a woman, not just looking Mm -hmm. at something from the perspective of being black, but how you look at something from the perspective of being a black trans woman and how each one of those things is a unique issue you have to deal with. And then an additional issue is being all of those things at the same time. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. I think she also talks quite a bit about like how all of those things are also additionally affected by your sort of social class and... Mm -hmm you know, how poor, how rich you are, and how that affects your life. So she touches upon a lot of things. And she's also, like, an educator. Like, I believe she teaches classes, or at least she goes to schools to talk about it. So it's really, really well-informed. It's a really, really interesting read. And I know it's more of a classic choice because it is a memoir, but I think it's one of those things that yeah. everybody should read. I'm not like... down on
2: memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just... <laughs> I'm not... But oh, I normally voice. am.
0: I, I normally am, like, unless it's from, like, a comedian, and even then, eh.
1: It's eh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm very picky about memoirs. Unless I read nonfiction, but it's usually not memoir. Yeah, uh, I read like, honestly, true crime. Yeah, true crime, I'll read like anything science related, okay. anything archaeology or history yeah. related. I'll do that. Unless it's World War I or two, because I do not give a shit. <laughs> you already went to school for that, it's fine. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, like memoirs are very hard for me to sit down and read. That's why I like audiobooks, because it's usually of the author, and the
2: they're author. telling you. Yeah, yeah, story which yeah. is better
1: and I don't like over the top memoirs either where it's like well I'm so funny but I came from a very sad background <laughs> and I'm like I know everybody comes from somewhere
0: but yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna now a put on your list you have no choice you have to read this book it's okay. fantastic
1: um, I don't wanna
0: I think at this point in time I don't know that it's gonna open your eyes I don't know that any of it is surprising if you're mm-hmm. someone who is aware and up to date on the kind of issues people are facing but it's an interesting read from someone talking directly about her perspective it's a good mix of actual biography and not like educational facts but like actual things that are going on happening in the world and I just really 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 enjoyed it and I love her and I want more people to read her book.
1: I have to be honest I despite being a woman of color anytime I read a book not knowing the author's perspective I'm always surprised by how much I learned like I just finished the book spelled K-I-N-T-U but it's pronounced Chintu.
0: Oh I thought it was K- I legitimately thought it was Kintu. Yeah,
1: well that's what I learned in the beginning of the book it's Chintu. <laughs> But it is really surprising the things that you learn from that perspective. What's this book about? It's essentially, um, not to veer off topic, but (laughs) we're going to do it. It's a fictional book from the perspective of a family that spans generations. And I don't normally like generational reads Mm because I'm like, oh my God, so boring. (laughs)
2: But... (laughs) I love family dramas.
1: <laughs> but it's essentially like this family and how they're cursed over time by a Ooh. god. Okay. Or like they are, they are representative of this Gulf god called Chintu, but they're cursed by the first family and they're fuck up. <laughs> Damn. But it goes from like way, way, way in the past where it's like villages and chieftains and that sort of thing mm-hmm. all the way to the present. And it takes place in Ghana. And the author is from there as well, but she's talking about it in a way that is I think is unusual for them. I think that it's normally they're talking about mythology in like sort of like a matter of fact way. But she's kind of integrated it into fiction in this modern way, which it's so weird to read that perspective. Like you learn all these like weird things about not just the language, but cultural customs and stuff that you don't really think about that they experience, Mm -hmm. even like in their own cities. Like how people judge them based on where their family came from or where their family didn't come from or how they act around certain things. It's weird comparing your own life to that. It's really weird because I'm like, I'm not usually surprised by fiction books, especially by white people. (laughs) 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 Um, But it's always really, it's a weird sensation being surprised by a book like that where you're like, I, there's a whole other perspective that I don't understand.
0: I'm also now a little bit angry because you talking about that made me think of the one fictional book that I think pro- I probably could have talked about for intersexual feminism. What
1: book was
0: it? Um, Fucking Homegoing by Yaa Ghazi. I think oh, it's very no. right? yeah. I'm
1: surprised you didn't
0: think about that. Well, I'm surprised too because I literally didn't think about it until you were talking about Chintu. I was like,
1: what is this reminding
0: me of? Even though not related to that was except that it's also oh, generational.
1: Co- correction, not from Ghana, Uganda. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly,
0: Slightly different. Slightly different. I also am going to apologize if I got any information about Janet Mock wrong. I don't think I did, but but it had I read the book when it came out.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I feel so bad.
0: <laughs> but anyway, I'm not going to talk about it cuz I want to go off topic but you should also you look at Homegoing Mention. by yeah. Agazi because it fits all of those points. It's a really good fictional book. It's also generational.
1: And Chintu is by Jennifer Nansubuga Makumbi in case anybody's interested.
0: So that's my book plus two additional books. <laughs> because they're all um, amazing. And I'm, so obviously I'm recommending it as stated several times. I think so many people need to read everything written by Janet Mock. Just go out and read her like articles if you don't want to read a full book. Um, and I'm going to give it 10 pressed Piers Morgan memes out of 10
1: amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right okay are we on to i think we're gonna roll into movies guys let's go stuff what do you got for us
2: it's like the least
1: good pick i have if that
2: makes sense because of your fucking four points asshole <laughs> it's
1: five points five points
2: like uh, yeah so my pick is girl interrupted Oh, I love Girl Interrupted. Yeah, it's like, that the Angelina Jolie one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so basically, it's a true story about Suzanne Kaysen, I think is how you pronounce her last name, who, she was 18, and she talked to a psychiatrist for literally 30 minutes, and then he put her into a mental hospital. Which, this mental hospital was famous for uh, people such as Sylvia Plath and Ray Charles, for people who have been in that mental hospital. I picked this one because it was the first movie I'd seen in my memory that I was like, oh, people are interested in weird women, and their problems and their issues but then I can't remember if there's diverse characters I don't think there is I think they're all white yeah I think they're pretty much all white yeah but because you have Winona Ryder Angelina Jolie Brittany Murphy yeah I can't remember who else a lot of but a lot of,
1: a lot of it does meet one of my points where they don't just have to talk about a man the whole time it's true. So.
2: but does that
0: get into like is that not because I feel like white feminism is also passing the is it Bechdel or Bechdel
1: I think, I think it's, it's it's pronounced both ways. Like I used to pronounce it. Bech- You've heard it both ways. I've heard it both ways. I've heard more Americans say Bechdel than the other way. Okay, I think I say Bechdel. Anyway, I used to the say point Bechdel being that too,
0: but... is I like I would consider white feminism to pass the Bechdel test, but For me,
1: yeah, essentially yeah, because
2: I mean, like the well, reason I picked it, I would say, is the friendship between. If it you would call it a friendship, I think that's open to interpretation between Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie. That's why I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you don't have to be likable well, to be in a movie, and people will watch it. Yeah, and I that's think true. she won an Academy Award.
1: Winona Angelina Jolie. Did she? She won. Mm, I don't know. Has she ever won an Academy Award? Uh-uh. I, I th- could. I think. Feel like she. I don't, I feel like I would remember that speech.
0: I'm trying to think if, have I ever heard the words Academy Award winning actress Angelina Jolie? Uh, no. And I don't think I have.
1: No. She was it was Winona a, writer then? It might have been Winona writer. I Ride. feel like
0: Academy Award winning actress Winona writer something I've heard.
1: She's definitely won one, for sure. Oscar. I just don't know what it was for. She's the, no, that was Christina
0: Jane. I was gonna say maybe she won one for Casper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. She won one, first of all. <laughs> Let's Let's go. Let's go to the type of movie that you decided to bring yeah. up. You I mean, I love Casper as much as the next person. But the award-winning movie Casper. <laughs> no. What an award-winning
2: movie? No, I was no, making I, a joke. I, didn't even know it.
0: I was that was why I made the joke. But then is it her or is it It's Christina Ricci, Ricci, Ricci right? Yeah. yeah, so I was.
1: They're all they all look the same to me. I think the second one is
0: Hilary Duff. Yeah, the the second one is Hilary Duff. The oh, yeah. not as what? good but still you should oh, watch right. it once yes, Hillary Duff. Exactly. Which has some clear I was gonna say like some clear hocus pocus or but now I can't remember which one came up first. God damn
2: Hillary Duff.
0: Anyway, we were talking about you we were talking about girl, your movie. We were about
2: interrupted. Girl interrupted. Yeah, that was my pick. That's it doesn't hit all points. But it's not the worst thing I
0: could have. Picked. I I might flag on the play and say that while like it's a good movie, I think it is very white feminist. Oh either. yeah,
1: I'm for sure. The thing I'd argue for this is it's based on a true story.
0: So, it's, I call bullshit that in real life it was nothing but white people, though. Well, I mean, yeah. The main
1: characters, yes. But how much better would it have been if the background characters were not white people? Like, <laughs> it's even, the same bullshit. Even mildly,
0: though, because I think it's that same nonsense. Like, I get so annoyed with girls. My biggest issue with girls, because first of all, it's a terrible show. I will not, I will fight everyone on this. It's not good. It is a terrible show. But how you. is everyone in the background white in New York? Yeah, I don't know. And Friends.
2: Yeah, yeah, Lena friends, Dunham I have that. Did say. She's like, I realize Did she realize realize after she she was criticized? I feel like, I don't
0: know. See, my issue with her too, though, is I feel like she didn't realize until the show was over, even though people were telling you from the very first episode that aired. Yeah. Like you can't just date Donald Glover in the show and think that everything you did for the past couple of seasons was good or worthwhile. Like don't
2: they have like maybe this is only movies where they like have a test group that watches your your movie? They do, but
0: those are all definitely white people.
2: Yeah, well, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then another honorable mention because I looked at a list after I picked my choice, <laughs> and it was a Whale Rider. Have you guys ever seen that movie? No. no. It's about like a girl trying to be a chief of her tribe in like came out in like 2005. I watched
1: it in like. Did it win an Academy Award? Yes, it did. The it was girl so met good. Johnny Depp, and she was so excited. Oh, that sucks Aww. for her. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. He has
0: ruined his life so much. I oh, know
1: like shit, sorry.
0: <laughs> like angry at him for the horrible thing he did and then additionally angry at him what for you, the fact abused that he ruined his
1: wife, right? Yeah, he hit
0: um hit Amber Heard. Yeah. Right. That's I think emotions. it was like emotional and physical abuse.
1: He's a piece of dirt. and he's also on like 50 billion drugs all the time like anybody that respects Hunter S. Thompson is on 50 billion drugs I just get
0: even like I'm already annoyed that you're a terrible person I'm then like a second layer of less important annoyance that you've ruined everything about yours that I used to like
1: yeah it's true like I can't I can't watch he's like in debt because people all took his money I'm just like Okay, Good. cool. Did you hear he like flew like a specific wine from his collection all the way to Australia because he wanted that specific wine? He's stupid, which I don't understand. I
0: fucking Johnny Depp ruining Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's true. He's the awesome.
1: Yeah. That's anyway,
2: it. good for
0: ever her for leaving him.
2: Yeah. Okay, Royal Rider. I looked it up because I couldn't remember the plot. It's a girl. She wants to be the chief of her like tribe, but only men can be it. And then she has to prove herself to her grandfather and how she can be the chief. And it's a great movie. I feel like it's on Netflix. Does she? The fuck is wrong with her tribe? I don't know. Only, <laughs> only guys. Men do can be the chief. Fuck them. Fuck them. What 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 do you rate Girl Interrupted though? Girl Interrupted. Five white Angelina Jolies out of ten rabbits. <laughs> <laughs>
1: amazing. That's for that. all I got. I'm yeah. like not
2: super happy with my choice.
1: I, I do really like Girl Interrupted. I don't think it stands up to today, but, yeah. but I, at the time, I definitely could it. And like when I it. saw it.
0: I also give that for movies I found it very difficult to find something because a television show can maybe get better as time goes on, Yeah. but your movie you made it, you wanted it it's out. It's the one time, yeah. And, and because they put so much money into it, because you only have the one go, I think they take the fewest amount of risks. Which is absurd, but risks, for lack yeah. of a better word, in terms of making your movie more Diverse or better? Agreed. Your your movie? Not. My
1: movie. Let me get my Tash. Opinion. Tash. Ew. Let's not call me that. Tasha. Jk. That's what my family calls me. I know. That's Tasha. why I said
0: it. Because I'm slowly worming my way in. You want to be your
1: family? <laughs> My movie. Okay, so I feel like this is gonna definitely touch on some of the themes that we're bringing up later, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I fucking love this movie and I think it's one of the ones that really still holds up now. I obviously could be always improved, but it still holds up nowadays. And my movie is Bring It On. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That's right. Bring It On. And the reason? Oh boy, maybe that's like in my top
2: ten favorite movies.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's one of the best movies ever made. It is. Yeah. And if it's on TV, I will stop. Yeah. and watch it. You don't also, know how many times in a week I have stopped to watch Mario because everybody decided to play it that week, and I was like. Oh. I just keep sitting.
0: watching. Yeah. Also, just a quick pause. You should look up the soundtrack for the Bring It On musical because Lynn manuel was the person who did the music for that play. Really? Whoa. Yes. And you can tell, I, fi- I find you can tell that it's him in certain parts. And I love it.
1: Well, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. Well, anyway, awesome. let, me, let me do a little summary, even though everybody knows what Bring It On is about. You have to bring it on. <laughs> you have to. Essentially, Bring It On is the story of a cheerleading team competing against other cheerleading teams at nationals. Who is this? Oh, Kirsten Dunst. I was like, who is this main? Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. There's uh, Eliza Dushku from mm-hmm. Buffy. Um, Name any of the Clovers. Is that the opposing team? Yes. Gabrielle Union. Of course, I know Gabrielle Union. Name any other. <laughs> no, no, do idea. not know. <laughs> Dude, there's the the one that always has the really long nails, and she always, like, whoops her hair. I love her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's great. Great choice. So, essentially, it's a cheerleading movie, and what happens in a cheerleading movie? There's a competition. But the one... Okay, not the one. My five points directly relate (laughs) to this movie. This is essentially where I got my five
2: points from. I wonder how many, like, pieces from, like, university grads had done their thesis on this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I, I can would, only imagine.
0: Totally. I would do it on all of them, excluding number two. Yeah.
2: yeah. Wait, I've seen two. Have I seen three? There's a new one out. Did you guys see that? I just like, saw what? it on Netflix. Yeah, out. Yeah, bring one it on out.
0: across the world or something like that. What? I assume it's an international cheerleading competition this time. Even more intersectional! <laughs> 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 oh, there... It's probably still, though, a white team against a black team. Probably. <laughs>
2: like, um. Actually... I guess, uh, from the cover photo, I feel like there, there's a team with different races oh, on
0: that same
1: I Okay, I'm okay. very closely, never mind, even it's, better. This is actually the main point of intersectionalism that I wanted to bring up. Yeah. It is a white team against a black team in the main part. I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams against each other, yeah. but they're bringing in this marginalized group of people from a very poor school in like the quote unquote ghetto. Yeah. Um, And they, essentially, this is the main team they're, they're competing against because the previous captain used to imitate these teams and what is called appropriate appropriate yeah. mm-hmm. appropriate their cheers and that's usually how they won so it's essentially a parallel for everything a white person mm-hmm. <laughs> has done in the past and that was True. more than just
0: appropriating that yeah. was outright that,
1: stealing exactly it was outright stealing in the capital I guess the
0: same thing never mind I'm sorry
1: yeah same thing <laughs> and you I yeah said there must be some <laughs> in the <laughs> atmosphere <laughs> I said burn It's cold in here. (laughs) There must be some clovers in the atmosphere. Anyway, so what I loved about it is is that even though the opposing team was the clovers, they weren't the bad guys. Even the main white, white female lead. danced. danced. Yeah, danced. Even they weren't the bad guys either. Like, they were trying to right their wrongs. They were ignorant, which is... And what oh, yeah. I really liked about it also was that even though it's women against women, which I usually hate in any fiction because I'm like, they always make them out to be these goddamn bitches that like are not honest to life it wasn't like that like there was honest competition but they respected each other which was great even when there was a bit of like disrespect between the teams they sort of like were like but no let's step back and focus on how they do respect each other in mm-hmm. the competition because um, of the great ending scene the other great <laughs> yeah it was. <sighs> The other great thing is the Clover team do make up for the money they need to compete on their own. Yes, (laughs) I I love that part. Love that. That is amazing. They don't have to depend on white people to save them. They don't oh, have no. to depend on, they do obviously depend on, like, the the charity they get from that talk show, whatever talk show it was, I can't remember.
0: I couldn't remember, I can't remember if it's a real one, or if it's clearly it's supposed fake to one. be it, Oprah, if, but yeah. it isn't Oprah. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. it's like a, yeah, it's supposed to be, like, fake Oprah. Yeah. But yeah, I liked that part, too, because they are doing it on their own, and it shows that they can fucking make it on their own, they don't need somebody else to, like, pump them up to that. Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers they win win. and that's the other great part they fucking win even though they are not the main character they're not like the main team that we're seeing the story of like now that I'm thinking about like that's probably not something that happens yeah it's not something that happens often it's very surprising the other great thing is the gender roles are non-conforming there are men on the cheerleading teams which is fucking amazing uh Eliza Dishke, one of the main white female characters is shown in the beginning more of a tomboy and yet she can do cheerleading and it be Okay, but she's like sporty in other ways as well, and she doesn't go for like the typical like jock
0: guy. Because she was like, who's her
1: boyfriend? Her she ends up dating Kirsten Dunst's brother. No, no, no the, the, the other way her brother ends up dating Kristen Dunst, okay, yeah. yeah. And Kristen Dunst in that same way, even though she's seen as more of a feminine type. Do you think they would have made her a lesbian if they redid this movie now? Yes. Yeah, for 100%. sure. 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. This is, probably, like, this is, probably this is one of the other me. points I was going to Sorry. If they redid this movie, that is the one yeah. one big thing that I would change. Because they just sure. had the
0: one gay cheerleader that they openly yes, talked about. That was it.
1: exactly. And it's the dude. Or um, she would
2: have been bisexual. I feel like it would have been one or the other. Something. Yeah. Not and explicitly not straight,
1: and yeah. I think I slightly touched on this previously. But Kristen Dunst, at uh, being the main character, she is the boss of the team or whatever, the captain. But she is not a horrible bitch. No, like she doesn't have to be. Because uh, Big Red was, yeah, Big, Big Red. Red's the villain. She is the God, villain. I could talk about Big i'm so happy you brought this up i know it's just the best choice but i think i touched on like the five different topics Mm -hmm. essentially it covers all of those obviously it could be better Um, i don't think it could i'm just gonna say for (laughs) the time it's like peak we need some we need some lesbians okay fine that's (laughs) what i would hope yes if i had to rate this movie 10 toros out of 10 clovers spirit fingers (laughs) 10 spirit fingers (laughs) out (laughs) of 10 10 10 possible spirit (laughs) fingers yes
0: (laughs) No, ten spirit fingers out of two jazz hands.
1: Yes! (laughs) Yes! Yes! Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's my rating, and obviously it stands up to today. That movie is fucking great.
2: I want to immediately go and watch it.
0: I kind of, like, a little bit in my head, thinking about it, it almost, it wasn't this, but it almost was more like what Orange is the New Black kind of ended up being, where Kirsten Dunst is the main character, but through her, there's the secondary, way better story of the Clovers, which they couldn't make.
1: Which mm-hmm. I feel like that's another change I definitely would make. I would want more from the other... I would want it to be about the Clovers. Yeah. I would want the whole movie,
0: but it's from their perspective
1: instead. But
2: then would it get the same, like, realizing that white people are shitty?
0: Yes.
1: I don't yes. Know. We could do that from the other side.
0: Because you think about it. Think about the introduction to these characters who... Are going into this competition again, but from the beginning you know that all the cheers that they've made for the last like four years have been stolen by this. Mm-hmm.
1: this okay, girl. Yeah, yeah, I take then it. And you're seeing it, yeah. yeah, you're seeing it from the other. Yeah. The issue I have with this is that if you've noticed, if there's a leading cast of mainly black people, it becomes this. But it becomes a black movie, a yeah. black movie, and then it doesn't become like a cult classic, yeah. which I Eight fucking calls. hate.
0: I was in fucking The Butler, the lead the lead Daniel's movie, right? You were in The Butler? Did you just I went I was in the theater to watch The <laughs> oh, Butler. And okay. it was like you and were in the And there was and there was a preview for um I think it was called I think it's called Best Man with um Taye Diggs. I don't know. It was it's a movie that already exists. I think it's called The Best Man or The Last Man. And it was the Christmas like they came out with a second movie for it that takes place at Christmas. It's a fucking comedy. It's a completely different tone of voice to The, the Butler 100%. There's nothing about them similar other than the cast. are black. Yeah. And I had not seen a trailer for The Last Man Holiday anywhere else except for In the Baller. And I got so mad because I absolutely was going to watch that movie because Tay Diggs Tay was in it and I didn't even know that because of this. fucking
1: BS. So. Alright. Christina, what's your movie?
0: Okay, so I, had like I was saying earlier, I kind of had a hard time with finding a movie that I had watched I was like, I can say that this is intersectional feminism. There were a couple of, I think, like smaller indie movies that I've seen in the time in times before that I was like maybe I could talk about Rhymes for Young Ghouls which is a movie I think that takes place in Canada which is Rhymes for your rhyme. *Rhymes for Young Ghouls oh. and I believe it's a Canadian movie and it takes place um, on a reservation so it's about uh, Canadian aboriginals and particularly this one girl and I think it's talking about a reserve school which is a movie I'd seen a couple years ago but ultimately there was one movie that I kept coming back to because I found it so openly upsetting that they weren't better at being at, at telling an intersectional story and that it clearly was such a white feminist movie and I got so angry because I found the movie enjoyable and the push for the movie was so big but this movie was made last year and it's so so openly ignorant of what how much better it could have been. And so the movie is Lady Macbeth. Oh. Yes. And I I talked about this movie specifically on social media because it is the devil's movie. Because this movie is off its fucking rockers insane. There is something so unsettling, balls to the walls crazy about this movie. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> um, I went in I got like a pass to, to go see it at the Lightbox Theater and I first honestly because it was called Lady Macbeth I literally just assumed it was a modern retelling of Lady Macbeth yeah. it
2: is not what? There is an <laughs> I, that's what I thought yeah.
1: that's what I thought too yeah. There's Wait, who's in this? Oh, fuck. I don't think... Michael Fassbender. No, 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 no. Not no, no, no. No. that one. That's the actual... Telling. That's the actual oh, okay, okay. Movie. And that was historical, too. So it was, like, time uh, periods. Okay. Yeah.
0: So they're actually, like, visually... There's a really lot similar. happening of that. So there's an 18th century novella from... I wrote this down because I was like, I need to get the name right. Nikolai Leskov called Lady Macbeth of the Mitsink district and that's what this story is and the character is a woman called Catherine and she's a young woman who gets married to like this really like a guy who's probably twice her age and is like bitter and angry and she basically gets left alone inside this old drafty castle in the English yeah you can see the poster yeah um, in the English countryside, while her husband and his father go away to handle business or some kind of war thing. I can't really remember. And in an attempt to, I think, reclaim her life, because obviously, like, the underlying thing is that she's essentially sold to this man, basically, to be his wife and to give him an heir. Um, mail
1: order bride. Mm -mm. A little bit, honestly, like a little
0: bit. But he there's a whole thing where like he actually never ends up having sex with her. But his father blames her for her not having sex. Like she thinks that she's not doing her wifely duties. But the guy won't have sex with her at all. Like there's this really disturbing scene where he tells her to turn around and stare at the wall and he masturbates to her naked back. Just sitting in a chair. What? That's what he does. And you're just like, oh, this is what's happening in this movie? Okay. So again, in an attempt to sort of like reclaim, I think, her life and reclaim her sexuality and reclaim her own choices, she takes a lover. Of course she In is. this like hand that her, her husband's estate employs to do work around the estate. Mm-hmm. She... Takes him to her bed, and then she's insane. Like,
1: it, <laughs> so it just escalates. I'm from gonna, there. by the way,
0: I'm gonna just spoil this movie because I don't think there's a way to explain how kind of crazy it gets. I mean, I'm probably still gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's this is my problem with it because I'll get into why it's problematic. But I did really enjoy it. And talking about the movie afterwards, the person I went to go see it, the whole time I was like, I'm angry that I liked this movie because of the things that it got wrong, because it could have been so much better, and because it was so good. So when we like when I went to the light originally to see it it was a special viewing so one of the people who works at tiff came out and was like you know when we showed this around the office it was something that a lot of people responded to there's an element of it that's a little bit empowering but also she's a monster so you don't really know how to feel and it, it had all like she <clears throat> talked it up i think to the concept that a piece of this movie was like a big feminist mantra but she's so awful that it inherently wasn't at the same time
1: mm,
2: yeah.
0: um and to a certain extent she was right but i also think there is sort of like that flag where people sort of missed that the parts of her that were the worst were done to her maid who was a black woman and to these two black characters who show up later and it was felt very specific and it felt very racial and it felt almost obtuse that they never explicitly pointed it out or never never found a better way I think to intro the difference in that characters it just played an additional part of her insanity and her de-evolution so the character that she takes to be her lover who is I think he's the lead singer from Cosmo Jarvis which I think is crazy. What?
1: Cosmo Jarvis? It's
0: a group that did this song called Gay Pirates which I do recommend you should listen to um know. they're like a british folksy band like i don't even know how to describe what their music is. but i recommend that you listen to if nothing else get parents so the guy who- the
2: actress this is just by me
0: i don't i don't know her okay
2: name.
0: um so she she goes into the stables one day because she hears screaming and her maid whose name is anna is like strung up um in like this machine that they use to weigh cows or horses and something like that and the implication and so what essentially happened is that she was being gang raped by all of the like hands that were there and she comes in and she stops the rape she like lets the girl go and you think that this is her moment of being like you know how dare how could you do this that kind of thing actually devolves into her like she looks at the guy that she ends up sleeping with and being like how much would you say that i would weigh and it takes on this like what? weirdly sexual connotation and then he picks her up and then she gets really angry and she like slaps him so she never actually gets in the thing but it it was that weird moment where you were like oh i'm so happy she stopped this this is going to be what her character's like and then she a little bit was like actually i would rather you were doing it to me but then the second it actually happened and someone was taking away her choice she was like of course not i don't want this so it was a very odd moment and then i wanted so much from her interaction with anna later of like this horrible thing that happened to her and you next time you see anna she's like crying in the hallway and she is Horrible to her, she is awful. It is rough the way she treats her. It, it's it's like such a garbage scene. And up until this point, I had this moment when I was watching, particularly like the first twenty minutes of this movie, where I was like, "Really, another movie where we're just gonna watch this black girl be her maid?" Like nobody had nobody. Yeah. We're we're doing this again. You know, I feel like I've seen this so many times. And then this horrible thing happened to Anna, and I was like, "Wow, really? We're just gonna." Breeze right past that. Okay, fine, sure. Sleep with him. Take this dude to be your lover. Bring him into the house. The maid has to keep your fucking secret that you're sipping with this guy for when your husband does eventually come back. The maid who he raped. She has to see him every single day and she's terrified of him. And at some point, Anna actually goes mute. She physically can't speak anymore. And um, that's because of a, a like a thing that happens later on, but it it felt so poignant that you took away Anna's voice. And it felt like you were attempting to, Mm -hmm. they were attempting to make a point about the fact that Anna could no longer speak because when you create a character who is a black maid to this white woman and the story is about this white woman's liberation, Taking away the voice of the black female maid feels like something you're doing on purpose, but they don't have any follow through with what that point is. So you does feel
1: like it's on purpose.
0: I know, but you can't. I'll keep going. I'm going to describe so much of this movie because it's necessary to describe why it didn't fit what it should have been and what it could have been. Ultimately, events happen. Uh, Lady Macbeth or Catherine is essentially running the household she's trying to act like her lover is just the master of the house now she brings him in she dresses him in her husband clothes and just expects everyone else around to act like it's totally okay she's she's going for it and two other characters come by later a um old black woman and this little like black child who is the cutest boy in the world watching him in this movie i was like you're so adorable this is why are you in this um <laughs> and at this point her her husband is dead um oh. and she finds out that this little boy is her husband's son
1: what uh. yes
0: he had like a secret family off to the sides, and the old woman that came with him is his grandmother because his mother's also dead, and the, the her husband was supporting them basically, and now that he's dead, they don't have money, so yeah. they came, and the woman is like, he's the master of this house now. He, he was technically an illegitimate child, but yeah. he was officially legally his ward, so that he was the one who actually inherited the estate, not his wife. Oh.
1: so everything went
0: to this little boy. Wow. So the woman, the grandma, brings him in, and I had the moment where I was like, yes. That's that's where the story is going. She as a white woman reclaimed her power back from the two men in her life that were ruining it. And now these black characters who have been treated worse than her are coming and reclaiming their right from the white woman. I was like, I get it. That's where you're going with this excellent storyline, totally into it. Nope, not
2: what happened at all. What? She made- kills them because she's crazy. <laughs>
0: This is a terrible thing to spoil. It's a very upsetting scene. It's done in a very particular way. She gets the person that is she, she's sleeping with to kill the little boy.
2: <gasps> Knew it! And
0: she does it after bonding with him. So it's <gasps> sort of like. What? No! It's, the, it's the turning point from when she becomes someone who is defending herself to when she is outright attacking just, people who have she's not a done anything
1: wrong. Fucking about to her. cunt.
2: So this, this happens But is and she treating people the way she's been treated? Like, is that a point they try I, to make? I
0: think that, yes, no. I think that's one of the underlying uh, okay, elements yeah. of it. But it's very understood that she went too far. Oh, yeah. Even, oh, yeah. even the, the dude she's sleeping with was like, this was, I should not have done this. But I'm also really mad at him because then don't do it, you stupid fuck. Like, she wouldn't have done it alone. <laughs> anyway, so you think that- You think that the grandmother is, because she, the grandmother comes in and she runs that house. The grandmother, you can see in her eye, she knew what the fucking woman did. She came in, she came in with her kid because she knew that this kid was entitled to everything. Like, the grandma knows. This bitch understands everything that's going on. But the grandma makes the decision to leave the little boy alone with Catherine, I'm like, why would she do this? And worse than that, so the day after, the dude that she's sleeping with comes back in and is like, "We did this. I killed this kid with her. This was something that we did together. I can't do it. I can't have this on my conscience." She goes, "Oh my God, he's lying. He's sleeping with Anna." And they did this together to get back at me, or something crazy. The grandma? Nonsense. no. Uh, as- uh, Catherine says it. Oh, she's Catherine, like the lying. Catherine turns oh. it back around him, and you are like, "No, me and him." Uh, I think she says like, "No, me and him weren't together. He was with." Anna the maid who you remember is mute because of the terrible things that have happened in this fucking house so she's saying that he was sleep that she was sleeping with her rapist basically which is an underlying point that I think is forgotten about the movie that ultimately this was the person who raped her she does that and then there's a there's like a priest and or a police officer there they're like this is a very questionable death this kid did not die of
2: natural
1: causes is this a modern movie no, no, it's said in the eighteen hundreds. Okay, sorry, yeah. I missed that part. I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Picture.
2: I mean, stables, old timey dresses. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's Wedding, what I horses
0: with sheets strung yeah. up. Yeah, there's lots of things. Okay, so you do, and you think, and the the grandma is there, and the police officer are like, this is a crazy story. We don't know who to believe. You think the grandma is gonna be like, nah, man, this bitch, I don't trust her. And you think they'll believe the grandma and you think that maybe it will account for some of the small things that it did. The grandma sticks up for Catherine, even though you, I I swear to God, I thought the grandma knew. Like the the way that they show her face, I thought she knew, but no, she doesn't, she stands up for her. And then Catherine goes, bring Anna in here. And if I'm lying, Anna will say, Anna, if you remember, is mute. So I think the way that this movie, this movie could have ended up being good. This movie could have ended up being something that touched upon some of the important intersectional feminism notes, some of the important things, if Anna had taken that moment to reclaim her voice. And if Anna had, in yeah. that moment, been like, I did not sleep with him. I will speak. She is awful. Let me tell you all of the things that I have seen. That
1: would have been a better Anna idea.
0: says nothing. This movie ends with Anna and... The um, guy that she was sleeping with, the guy that Catherine was sleeping with, her rapist basically, stuck together in a cart being dragged to their death.
1: Oh, fuck everything. Although, I have to give it this, from what you told me, this sounds like what real life would be like. Yeah. Oh! (laughs) Yeah. Except for the grandma. That one was crazy. Yeah, that's fucking But,
0: like, possibly, but it's, it's, you made this movie in 2016. Yeah. You made very deliberate choices to the point where it felt very deliberate that you took the voice away like, from the black maid. There's a scene, though, no, there's a scene I think that's also really important, like the deliberateness of it. Um, Catherine has drunk all of the favorite wine of her husband's father mm-hmm. and they're having dinner together and she is bonkers drunk. She is so drunk and it's funny at first. And then he asks Anna to bring the wine and she comes out and she's like, there's none left. And Catherine has specifically moved behind the father and you know, in her eyes, not only does she know that Anna is not going to say that she drank all of it, she's going to enjoy what happens next. So Anna has to be like, we we don't know what happened. You know, there's none of your wine left. And he goes, why? Did you all drink it? And Anna can't say that Catherine is the one that did it because she wouldn't in that time. It, it wouldn't have been, yeah. don't they it have wouldn't eyes? have worked out for
2: her. Like, Here's
0: the thing. What's also the worst is this dude knew. This dude knew that Catherine was the... They, everyone in that room was aware that Catherine was the one that drank all the wine. But the father makes Anna crawl on her knees and bark and go back into the kitchen. And that is what? such... And calls her specifically and the kitchen staff animals. And that felt so specific and so pointed and so done on purpose. And if it wasn't done intentionally which I don't think it was because by the time they get to the end, they don't really wrap up. Maybe I they think... were
1: trying to be subtle about it, but they don't realize that in these dark times, maybe you should give a little bit of light at the end. <laughs> well, I don't, even, I don't even know. I don't even know. There was such a... It seems too pointed and on purpose to not. But it, I
0: also don't know that I trust people enough to say that it was pointed and on purpose. I think that... in. I wonder if in their heads, no one ever really considered that specifically making these black characters do this and fall in line this way.
1: I have a lot of questions for this director and writing team. Yeah, no, that's the thing. <laughs> it's based too... on a book? It's based on it's a based story. not a
0: story novella, yeah. but the novella, I think everyone in it is white because it's from 18th century Russia right. or something oh, okay, like okay, that okay, or okay. England, I guess. Oh. I don't really know where it is. It sounded Russian. Yeah, so that I'm not sure about. But it's it, it's one of those things where like, it's 2016, you can't
2: make a movie
0: like that without it being on purpose. The way you did it, I think, was really insulting like and a little like,
2: bit. You don't know what they were trying to
0: say. Yeah. Yeah, and if you were trying to say it, you need to have done a better job. So maybe mm-hmm. there was an intentional, like, we're going to try to tell the story beyond just the empowerment and the devo of this, like, white feminist story.
1: I would argue, but you did it poorly. I, I would argue that they could be subtle if we didn't live in the time we lived in now. Where people can't be subtle anymore. It has to be very pointed. So they could Which be... Which could be fair. Yeah, it could be assumed that somebody would get it. But the way things are now, it... Like, you don't know what somebody's trying to say. But then also,
0: it guess to the point where, like, what was the point of the story? Because if the point of the... I was really into it when I thought how the story was going to end was, Catherine reclaims, you know, her ownership of herself from the people who bring her down and then you know Anna and the and the this child and this grandma reclaim theirs from the people bring up. I think that's right and you could even almost do it subtly because Aunt, in that case Anna and the girl, they could have won technically they could have done the right thing Anna could have gotten her voice back and it would have technically been subtle but it would have Created a very stark story with a clear point. Mm -hmm. What ended up happening is, oh, this sucks. You you got the worst of it thanks to the whim of this white woman, and you're supposed to feel sorry for her at the end a little bit, like the
2: last who Anna or
0: Catherine? Catherine. The last scene of Catherine. Is her being stuck back basically where she didn't want to be and she's completely alone and it's the last thing that she wanted. Are
2: they trying to be like, she's so awful in every way because of these white men and what they did to her? Like, she can't even have sympathy for another human being. It's like, is that the
0: point? I think that there's a bit of a like, because I think, and I think white feminist stories are often, you know, women who are bad or angry are that way because of how society has treated them, which I don't think is a incorrect statement, but it's a one that you hear all the time over and over and over again. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well what so would you So that's it.
0: In? Okay, yes. Oh, I had a I'm, very like, super intrigued by this statement. So mm-hmm. I'd like yeah. to say, while well, I technically did not recommend it, I didn't enjoy it. I just think that it needs to be The first 20 minutes, you're going to be a little bit bored and you're going to be angry because you're like, I've seen this fucking story over and over again. And then you do kind of lose yourself to the balls to walls action that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am going to rate it a two white feminists out of 10.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) brilliant. All right. So I guess we could do TV shows. Last category.
2: My, so, okay, I'll say the two that I picked. It was Misfits. Oh, okay. And then Scum. I I have
0: only seen that show through GIFs on Tumblr. Me
1: too. That's why I started to watch it. My TV show is related to Misfits. Is it Skins? No, but it... That no. <laughs> was my third choice. No. <laughs> as in, the same director as Misfits. Oh. Dude, someone should have picked Degrassi. <laughs> mm. no. I've never seen a single episode of Degrassi in my life.
2: is like, not bad. We'll cheer, Jimmy. <laughs> we'll cheer Jimmy forever. Anyway, continue.
1: Oh, okay. Scam. So,
2: I guess... So, the reason... First, I picked Scam. But here's why I'm going to change it to Misfits afterwards. But, like, so Scam... <laughs> the reason I watched it is because Joanna told me... She has all these gifts on Tumblr. It's was like, you need to watch this love story about... I've... Evan and Isaac. Mm-hmm. to get two boys falling in love. One coming to terms with his sexuality. So, like, this has nothing to do with what intersectional <laughs> feminism. Yeah, no, it does, because sexuality is a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, like, that was season three, and it was, like, the most beautiful love story got me in my feels. And, like, the how they... So, I didn't realize how they, pro, like, um, how the show's format is that every Monday there'll be, like, a clip on the website, like, a social media point, a photo, or, like, a text, and, like... Through the week, they compile all this stuff, so every week something's different. You get a social media post, you get a video, you get a text message, you get a location, and then on Friday, they compile it all into one episode, and then you can watch it all the way through, which is so cool. Also, this is a Norwegian TV show, not in English. So, like, the format of it is really cool. But then the reason I picked it was because season four talks about Sana, and each season is about a different character. I've only seen season three. But season four is about Sana. She's a Muslim girl who I've only saw the first two episodes. So I don't know. Cause it's hard to find. And That's my problem. Yeah.
1: Hard to find. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> so like the, her whole
2: storyline of her is that she's a Muslim girl and she falls in love with her brother's best friend who's not Muslim. And that's how the story revolves. And we have all these cast of characters coming in and her friends, a group of fr- uh girlfriends that have been around since season one. So anyways, that was why I would pick it. And I don't know all, uh, all about what happens, but like... Just, like, the first two episodes, you, like, see her sitting on the bus, and I think she's talking about, like, something, like, talking in, like, the language that's not...
1: What? Norwegian. <laughs> yeah so just like talking. She was talking to her
2: friends or something, yelling at the bus, and like all these people are like looking at her and like it's so aware of like religion and how big a problem it is today like how people see muslim religion because of everything that's been going on and like they really bring that point to like the forefront of like her life so that's why i picked that one but i can't fully tell you what happens because i've only seen two episodes like i said but like
0: that's a show you should watch. Everything I've seen from the Tumblr GIFs is like, this is a good show pick yeah. for
2: this. I think. So yeah. essentially,
1: the show is kind of like a better version of Skins? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We just gotta keep
2: bringing up Skins. Skins is so good.
1: Never seen Skins either. Oh my god. Skins
2: is like, all the teens now, this is their Skins. Scum. 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 I appreciate
0: that it's on English. Yeah. So you, can,
2: you, gotta, you gotta use your eyeballs. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Very difficult. I can't actually watch T V with my eyeballs. It's hard. <laughs> I know,
1: it's very it's hard. so hard. <laughs> you gotta think I at just the same li- time. I just like to listen Exactly <laughs> and not watch.
0: I mean, to be honest, yes. <laughs> I like to listen and be on my phone at the same time.
1: Uh yeah. I got lost my train of
2: thought. Um
0: you were gonna Oh and do, then also
2: Misfits as you're well. Gonna,
0: you're gonna shout out Misfits. At this I'm gonna point. shout out Misfits. Yeah.
2: Like specifically season one to Three, which was the first a main cast, cast I yeah. think. So yeah. So you had the two main characters. I can't remember their names now. Kelly and Simon is the guy. Why, it was so the you're other with the other girl? It was the other girl? It was the black girl? Yeah. What's I her don't... name? Like
0: That's like the worst thing. that Kelly Kelly's
2: Kelly? No, Kelly she was, was the, the one, one that girl.
0: people touched her and they. Oh yeah. No, sorry. she could
2: hear their thoughts. Right and like so she could hear her thoughts while she's walking down the street and then the other girl was like they couldn't touch her
1: without yeah. going to
2: like sexual who what's her name
1: yeah Simon and although season four had the big tall black guy turn into a woman it's, yeah so yeah main cast that yeah. was good so yeah a lot of different points Alicia
2: Alicia yeah but also like that's the worst
0: power in the world to have people touch you they immediately are like aggressively sexually violent at you yeah. I never got why people were into her and the other guy when, when Something he touched funny. her. Yeah. yeah. When, Cause when he touched her and he was like, I want to pee on you. I was like, mm, you know what? I would never want to sleep with that guy. Yeah, What
2: anyway. a whirlwind. I know.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you love them. Like yep. we, so I watched the show, me and my roommate, it was snowed in at university. So we sat there and watched every episode available to us in like a span of four days. So good. Yeah, and
1: I don't think it's on. I Netflix do. Anymore. I did miss Nathan a lot. The first guy <sighs> I liked. Him. Shannon. No, no.
0: I yet. started. I kind of stopped watching when he was taken off the show.
1: He's... He was taken off
2: after the first season. Someone was saying, "Yeah, that I their haven't... friend would sleep with him, like on a semi-regular basis." I know. Like, That's what, amazing. What else in he in he real in? life? On, like, yeah, in TV real shows. life.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. Good for you. So, what would you rate it? Uh, or rate both of them,
0: or I... one or the other. Yeah, rate them both with one rating.
2: Ten Tumblr posts. Out of Ten Lightning Bolts. Okay.
1: I like that. I love it. Both recommend. Go watch it. Yes. So, my TV show, actually related to Misfits, same, I think it's the same director, I should double check. Anyway, so, my TV show is a Netflix TV show. I've been telling everybody to watch it, but, like, I don't think anybody has, and it makes me angry, because oh, it's so it. damn good. It is called Crazy Head. Oh, oh my god, god I, I saw it! So you yeah. can it. Yeah. You can wow. <laughs> that was so much yelling. Anyway, so Crazy Head. Have you been head, watching Chewing Gum? Side, side note, side now. I haven't. I watched one episode. I'm okay. still
0: on season one of Chewing Gum. Yeah. I like it so much.
1: Anyway, same main, one of the main characters, the sister, I guess. Anyway, it's <gasps> good. I'm, Crazy ugh. Head is fucking amazing. So anyway, uh, to summarize what happens. Oh, um, how do you summarize Crazy Head? I, I mean, I'm not gonna summarize the whole season. Well, no, but like,
0: even the plot of Crazy Head. I'm just,
1: I'm just gonna kind of go into the beginning of the plot. So essentially, the main white girl, what's her name again Uh amy amy of course typical white name (laughs) uh amy (laughs) is a she works at what a bowling alley or something yeah yeah she works at a bowling alley remember she's wearing that bowling shirt yeah Yeah. she has a roommate and her best friend her best friend is her roommate and her roommate just watched the second episode two days (laughs) really okay (laughs) so you haven't finished it no okay so i won't get too much into it but her roommate becomes possessed yeah yeah So, it's basically her, uh...
2: There's a great scene when they're trying to uh, get the... Do an exorcism. Exorcism. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, essentially, she meets this girl, Raquel, Uh, who's in Chewing Gum. Yeah. Yeah. So, she is this amazing black woman who is fucking great, has the best style I've ever seen. I want that jacket. That's who I wanted to be for Halloween! I totally forgot! I want that fucking jacket that says St. Lucie on the back. I totally found a similar jacket, and I was going to do the letters... Anyway... (laughs) We'll focus on that later. Anyway, so she meets Raquel. Pregnant. Raquel saves her in the, in the behind the bowling alley or whatever from demons, and she thinks she's going fucking crazy. And so essentially you think you're going into the show thinking this white girl is the main character, yeah. when in fact she is not the main character. Yeah. Nope. And I was like, yes! She's so boring! This is exactly <laughs> what I wanted to see. This is exactly what I wanted. And it's it essentially goes into this thing where these two girls find friendship with each other, but also get really annoyed with each other a lot of the time. Um, while they're fighting this large, I think they're in London, probably. They're in London, right? I think so. They're in a big, they're in a big UK city and they are fighting demons while trying to deal with their issues with each other and their family and their past and everything and how this white girl, Amy, is like unsatisfied with her life and Raquel is just trying to make a friend that fucking stays so so good Sweet baby angel and, <laughs> i love how fucking annoying she is but at the same time i love you <laughs> yeah but i'm like i would also be annoyed though and this, this girl amy does not want to be her friend but like it's all about them actually becoming very close and it's like weird and heartwarming and at the same time it's so fucking strange because you think it's going one way and then it just goes like totally off the rails yeah I have um, yet to experience not that, it. Not that I will reveal what happens, because it's still fairly new, but it gets fucking batshit, and you're like, what?
0: <laughs> I also, let me know if this is a well, spoiler, I'll take it out. I also, for sure thought it was going to get romantic styles from one of right? their perspectives at some point. And uh, it doesn't?
1: Yeah. I feel like it's hinted at. It's, it's definitely hinted but at But they, they Wait, both end a- up <laughs> dating,
0: like, they both at some point end up dating other guys. kind of dating yeah. other guys. Yeah. Okay.
1: Or, like, guys are interested in them or whatever. I was it yeah. so that they would date? I thought they were going to end up together. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Even
0: if they weren't going to end up together, I thought one of them for sure was going to romantically be into the other. Uh, okay. And okay. I think that yeah. there's times where that's a possibility, but they don't explore in a way that I think is satisfying.
1: Mind you, it's just the first season. So I it do may not. Happen. I
0: do not think that they are getting a second season. What? From what I have heard, I do not think it's going
1: to happen. <gasps> that is fucking bullshit. I'm so angry right now. You should have told me that because I don't want to watch it. No,
0: you finished <laughs> that. No, I mean, to be fair, like, while I wanted to have a second season, it ended to a certain extent
1: sort of but not it
0: it, there, was a lot, there was a lot there was it could have kept going but it's not like it ended on a cliffhanger can That's she be
2: in true. two shows though she's on chewing gum as well they're both Netflix shows right I think yeah it have been I'm difficult. sure they would so. she's
1: pretty popular yeah. She's great. actress she's I don't great. know she's amazing yeah I love her anyway so that show is a big one I don't think I need to like fully summarize that one but it obviously main lead is a black woman mm-hmm. uh there is a main white lady which is fine um what else non-conforming gender roles I don't know they're not really conforming to anything it's very modern yeah yeah which is it's probably even though it still has that fantastical element it's probably the most contemporary thing that I probably mentioned no wait saga's pretty contemporary too I guess but like future contemporary I think it's supposed to be
0: I wouldn't say future because it's not aliens it's demons so I think it's supposed to be now
1: yeah it's supposed to be now that's it
0: and so you're recommending it and what is your rating
1: I would definitely recommend it it is amazing and my rating is I'm gonna say 9.5 axes out of 10 purple jackets I love those jackets yeah
0: The exchange rate on that rating is interesting Mm -hmm. because I feel like the jackets are worth so much more than the axes that it might actually be like a Mm 7 out of 10 that you've rated
1: there. (laughs) It's possible. It's very possible. I should mention, if you want like a more, no, a less white Buffy feel, this is definitely the show. Oh, it's very,
0: yeah, it's very Buffy. It's very
1: Buffy, which is why I fucking loved it. But then it added the aspect that I wanted to see. Okay. Okay, that's it.
0: So I'm going to do my TV show.
1: Yeah. I knew this immediately,
0: and I'm so happy that no one else said it. But I knew immediately what I was going for. Um, I feel like because my other choices were really like aggressively like Janet Mock is clearly about intersectional feminism like that is an important piece to what she's doing mm-hmm. Lady Macbeth the conversation is so serious about what it could have been and what it wasn't or the possibility of what it was trying to do it maybe failed to do I wanted to go with one that was less inherent that was just low key out here being the greatest television show and the most intersectional I think feminist show that currently exists <laughs> right now on television but doing it in a way where you know all of the things that define this as being intersectional feminism the fact that there are female characters the fact that there are characters of color the fact that there are gay characters do not define those characters in any way they're just pieces of the personality so my television show is Brooklyn Uh... (laughs) Nine-Nine I was like I don't know what you're doing going with this (laughs) Brooklyn Nine-Nine, if you don't know, is a comedy show about a police precinct starring Andy Samberg and Stephanie Beatrice and Melissa
1: Fumuso. Yeah, I think Famuso's right. I think Famuso is her name.
0: I have it open. Be- uh, Chelsea. Fumero.
1: Fumero.
0: Fumero. Uh, Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. um Andre Baher. Terry mm-hmm. Crews! Yes! The
1: guy who plays I'm Boyle. Just, I forget like his name. like the whole beginning scene is flashed. Yeah, <laughs> because of
0: all the yeah. names. <laughs> it's it's so good and it's it's just a comedy show about a police precinct it's kind of like a a little bit of a parody of a regular cop show and I remember originally sitting down to watch the show I remember hearing about it the first time and they were like Andy Samberg is gonna be in a 30-minute sitcom comedy about a police precinct and I was like that's the worst thing I'm ever gonna watch like I had no expectations for it to be good I had no expectations for it to low-key mm-hmm. be out there doing the daily work to represent people of color And um, women and gay people out here in the best way humanly possible. Like. (laughs) knew this show was going to be out here doing that. I anticipated a kind of lowbrow comedy that I was going to watch because it's Andy Samberg and I love him. And the show started and it was so much better than that. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, there are two black male characters and there are two Latina characters and they are not in any way competing with each other. They are all lead ensemble characters in this show. One is not lower than the other. One is not a side character to the other one's lead character they are incredibly and equally important to this cast to the point that i remember reading this and i looked it up before we did this the girl that plays amy and the girl that plays rosa diaz were like after they got cast would regularly be like do you think they're actually legitimately going to keep both of us on as two latina women they apparently would text each other and be like i'm gonna wear my hair straight so like you like to to define them as two different people, because I would obviously as being a Latina actress, you would be so used to people defining you in that way as mm-hmm. being an actress. The, I think that there's an underlying there of doing literally anything to make yourselves look and feel different from each other Yeah. that I assume Melissa was like, I will wear my hair straight, you wear yours curly, and then we'll be two different people, even though obviously from the beginning, they're two different people. They're
1: so different. Yeah. And I
0: think that's, that's crazy, but also... Amazing in the sense of them being like, we didn't think we could be two Latina characters on the same show at yeah. the same time, but we are. And then you have Terry Crews and you have Andre Bauer, who are the captain and the lieutenant. So they're the two people in the highest. Andre, <laughs> <laughs> they are um the two highest-ranking members of this police force, at least in the like main ensemble cast of the show. Captain Holt is gay, and he has a husband Brilliant. who is regularly on the show. And their their characterizations and their personalities are amazing. The relationship they have is amazing and even from episode one they introduce you know the fact that he's gay not as the only characteristic that's important to him obviously because he doesn't present in the like typically feminine way that you would anticipate a television show to present a gay character but they don't take away or strip the importance of what being a black gay cop is to him Mm -hmm. to the point where there are episodes where they are talking about the discrimination he faced. My favorite episode Oh my is, God. The or,
1: Killer? No.
0: Oh, <laughs> not that that's not a great episode, but yes. But actually it's the episode with the Glikninikpa, which is the Black Gay Police Officers Association oh, yeah. that um, t- oh, Captain Holt is the president of because he's been like this specific joke and which I always love is he went up to and like, and they show a flashback to him in like the 1970s going up to his like white- ma'am captain and being like I would like some discretionary funds to set up specifically a group that is support uh, that is supporting of black gay police officers and the the dude just laughing as if that would never happen and his response is they never actually said no so I just went ahead and did it (laughs) and then when he's talking about the and being the president um, he is gonna give a speech and the speech the starting joke is do you know what the most difficult thing is about being a black gay police officer the discrimination <laughs> every time i die laughing and what i love about this joke is his assistant gina hears it and doesn't laugh she's like okay that's just captain holt who is dry and can his expression but he says that joke to a room full of blackly police officers and they die laughing because it's an excellent joke it's hilarious and like that is the way that you tell a joke like that where a character can be black and can be gay and can have struggled and be funny without the expense being at the these like pieces of their identity, mm-hmm. but rather a supporting factor in it. Yeah. Um, what I also really, really love about it and what I think is great about it being a television show is in season one, there were problematic pieces of it, mm-hmm. particularly I think um, the way that they talked about uh, Scully, who is... Two of the, like, side characters are these two old white detectives, if you haven't seen the show, Scully and Hitchcock. And Scully is, like, overweight. He's a bigger guy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of jokes at the expense of that. And I think that in season one, that was the only thing that I was like, the only thing I don't really like is all the fat jokes that they do. To the point that there's an episode where literally Andy Samberg is counting down all of his fat jokes. Mm -hmm. But I think that they heard people being like, this is the one thing your show is not doing right. And in the seasons after that, they don't, it's not treated that way. There's jokes about Scully and Hitchcock eating, but it's not treated as like a terrible thing that Scully is fat. The The dynamic of that joke changes and Hitchcock almost becomes a more of a like lovable character. Yeah. And and then there's like a whole thing where Hitchcock is more actively like an insane person. But I think the changes and the way that they started to treat Skelly, who is ultimately a terrible detective, but with a little bit more of a respect from that perspective, which I think is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a particular line that Andy Sandberg has about one point where he's talking about Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Yes. And he was like, great movie, and it, good news, it only gets mildly transphobic right near the very end, so that's good. <laughs> um, and it's like the little things in it that are very woke and very good. You know, there's more, obviously, that they could do, but they are the show out here, Pairing the Pavement, doing the best without that being this, uh, the show's main topic or main point. Because okay. some things that I want to talk about were like, dear white people and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. that show was created in response to that. Brooklyn Nine-Nine could have had the possibility to be really basic, be just about white people with a couple of token characters. I think they pushed and they actively made it not that. The people on the cast always talk about how comfortable they make the set, how important the fact that, you know, they're actors who are treated a specific way, but don't feel treated that way ever on Brooklyn 99*, 9 mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. have so much respect is important and it matters. And it's just, it's out here doing, doing the groundwork to be a better show. Yeah. It's
1: a great show. Yeah, it's so good. I, I haven't caught up recently. Yeah. But I, I think I'm only behind by. This.
0: Recently, have rewatched it in its entirety twice. Wow! <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> by I accident, I accident, I can but... tell
1: because you're quoting things.
0: Oh, but I the Ace turtle line. I always remember the fucking the line about the hardest thing being a black insect yeah. is the funniest joke I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Also, like <laughs> the deadpan delivery of Captain yep. Holt is great when Captain you add Hull Hull it to that. Is
1: hands down one of the best characters ever. Absolutely. Oh my god, Terry Crews. Just Terry Terry Crews as a whole character. What I love about his character, though, is that he... He can be soft. Yeah, he's so fucking huge, manly, muscular, and then he's like, who ate my yogurt? Terry (laughs) loves his yogurt! As we've established, Terry Crews' body size
0: with his character's um, personality is my exact type. Um, (laughs) But more than that, I also love that he's a really caring father, and Mm -hmm. it's important to him, and it's never... He's never made fun of for it. There's it's very noticeable, I think, that him and Captain Holt are both two black men in this position of power, but they're both so aggressively different from each other yeah. while still having somewhat similar experiences. And then the same being said of Amy and Rosa, where they're their own people. They just share a couple of identities. And when they they revel in that and they share that piece of themselves, you get great episodes like the one where they tried to deal with um. Terry Crews' character is, um, found in the middle of the night by a cop and he was worried for his life because they're addressing that very serious issue mm-hmm. that in real life, if a white cop happened upon someone like Terry Crews and he didn't have his police patch, he very much could have died. Yeah. And they can do that serious one, but they can do it so well without that being, again, the main defining trait of the character. Agreed, yeah. Arguably, the main defining trait of Terry Crews' character is his love of yogurt. Yes. So, so I love mm-hmm. Brooklyn 9 Everyone should always be watching it. Can't wait for the next season, which I believe starts in a little bit. Woo! Um, and up. when it comes... When it comes to a rating standpoint, I have two ratings. Ooh. In the entertainment Ooh. category, it's a 10 Terry Yogurt set of 10. <laughs> um, 10 Cocoa Nibs from that episode of the Cocoa Nibs. Amazing. Yes. Or, no, no. Let me rephrase. It is 10 Terry Yogurts. Out of 10 desk yogurts from Charles Wells' oh. desk, it, it was hot. <laughs> um, with the exchange rate, it might be 700 terry yogurts. Um, and from the place of intersectional feminism, I'm going to give it an 8 Rosadia's formal leather jackets. Yes! Out of <laughs> 10. Amy yes. Santiago's color-coded um, <gasps> um, binder system. <laughs> that's that's our intersectional feminism. That is the most serious episode we've ever done. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Let, Steph will follow up, but let us know what you thought about that versus our other episodes.
2: On perhaps some of our social media handles, check us out. Instagram eats me. <laughs> it's not right no, right. No, eats cast. cast. <laughs> eat's cast. <laughs> I mean, check so- us out. <laughs> I don't even. What is it supposed to be? Eats it's, cast. It's at eats. Cast. Eats cast. Tumblr. I'll make Same it- thing tumblr instagram twitter email us everyone and their sisters at gmail.com if you have suggestions about future topics if you thought we were bad thought we were good let us know write us on itunes thanks 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 bye bye, bye. bye.
0: <laughs> music credit goes to artist Plurabelle for the song wallflower and jazz Har for the song please listen carefully